You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tamara and Priya. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 39 of the Girls on the Grid podcast. My name's Priya, and I'm here with my co-host, Tanea. Oh, I'm so excited to be back podcasting. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. It's been inconsistent. Yeah, we'll, we'll say that. What have you been up to? Uh, oh, it's, mate, it's the off season. How good. Um, I'm actually enjoying the, the three weeks of, of my off season that I have um, because, yeah, my first, first trip back to a racetrack is, for, is in like the second week of January. So it's an early start. Uh, we're heading over to Queenstown over in New Zealand for the first round of the Castrol Formula Regional European Championship that it's now called. It used to be called Castrol Toyota Racing Series and now it's the, yeah, Formula Regional FROC, something like that. But we're heading over for that. Uh, 286 will be over there too. And yeah, really excited to, I mean, I say that I'm excited now because I've been away from a racetrack for like two weeks, but as soon as I get back to the racetrack, I'll be like, that was not enough time off. Like it's a catch 22 where you want to be there, but you don't want to be there. And you're just floating in this weird sphere of spending your entire life at racetracks, but it's a good life to live. That's good. Um, yeah, I'm really trying to enjoy this four weeks off that I have. And then for me, hopefully over to New Zealand as well. Girls on the grid gone, gone uh, Kiwi. Girls on the grid in the... We're going side Long under. white cloud. We're going side under because we're going across. Across under. We're definitely we're, overcomplicating this. Where the girls from All right. side under. Where the women flow and then <laughs> under. All right. I'm going to stop you right there. Sorry. I'm going to stop you right there and we're going to talk to Beck. All right. Ooh. So for today's episode, I chatted with Beck Connell, who is a go-karter from New South Wales. Um, yeah. I don't think we've spoken to many people who do just karting so it was cool to get a bit of an insight into her life on the track and off the track as well and yeah her goals for racing and everything else that she's hoping to achieve so you'll hear all about that in just a moment Welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thanks very much for having me. No worries. Glad to have you here. All right. So we'll go right back uh, to the very start. So tell me a bit about when your love for racing started and how you got into karting. Um, Yeah, it was quite a while ago now. Um, My first race, I think, was November 2003. Um, So... Not not quite, about 19 years now. So, um, and before then I was going to a racetrack for a couple of years um, prior to racing. So um, when my dad was, I think, teenager in his 20s, he, he sort of raced a little bit and then um, my brother got interested in go-karting and initially he wanted a motorbike um, and then we all sort of he decided he wanted to get a go-kart instead and went the other side of the fence so we started going out to the track quite a lot with him and I was always just really keen I got I got bored watching and I was always just wanting to have a go and um 
I sat in the go-kart one day. I was like, no helmet. I don't know if I was in shorts and a shirt or whatever. And I'm like, at, at, at that point in time, they'll push starts. So I was like, can you just push me from here to the gate? And then I promise I'll stop. Like, it didn't happen. I wasn't allowed. But um, I was just so keen to have a go. So um eventually I got my own go-kart and um I think yeah I was 10 years old when I first had my first race so um that's where it all started and yeah I really haven't looked back and so is it something that you've been doing consistently ever since did you ever stop and have a break or it's just been constant um no it's it's really been pretty constant um I did have maybe a couple of years break um from doing the larger race meetings and I may have only raced maybe two or three times in the year at that point um I don't know that was probably I can't even remember when that was now probably between 2012 and 2015 ish um it slowed down a lot then um but yeah I've I've had a race every year since I was 10 years old pretty much so yeah, and then um, from 2015 onwards, it, it just all picked up again and now I'm doing it pretty much flat out again. So, yeah. That's great. That's awesome. And so what are probably some of the biggest highlights um, that have been for you over your time in go-karts? For me, winning my first state championship in 2016, I believe it was, um in new south wales i yeah won the state championships there it was a three-round series um and yeah that's probably my biggest achievement growing up watching um a lot of my go-karting idols win state championships and all of that then me being able to stand on the top step at that point in time was a massive achievement for me so um that was yeah very I was very happy with that um and something I'll remember forever and then um also two in 2019 I think it was I won the Australian ladies trophy so that's basically um all the ladies that race at the Australian kart championships in all classes um we basically I was the highest placed um, female and um, had the most amount of points out of all the other females. So um, that was a big achievement too, given that, um, you know, there is quite a high caliber of female drivers out there now. It was something I was really proud to, to win as well. And um, I finished seventh in my class overall that year as well. I had um, some top five finishes and some heat race wins and all of that as well at Australian karting levels. So that's they're definitely my two highlights that, yeah, I'll, I'll remember those ones forever. Amazing. That's great. Well done. Um, and now you did mention that your family were kind of first involved in it um, with how you got into it. Is it something that they still do? Do they still come along and support you or are they still out racing as well? Um, not as much. So they're, they're fully supportive of me. They haven't, um, been and been to the race meetings as much as they probably would have liked now, um, with their work and what they do and, and whatnot. So it's pretty much just me going at it, um, 
full-time still or as much as I can. Um, but, yeah, they're always either watching the live stream from the Australian Kart Championships or oh, my dad will send me a message after every single race or every single practice session, whether it's good or bad. He's like, well done or what happened, what's going on. They always want to be involved as much as possible. Um and for the local race meetings, if I go down and race in Canberra, where where I'm from and where they live, with or they live in Queanbeyan, um, so just on the other side of the border, um, they'll always come out and watch me for the for the local events. So, yeah, they're still very much involved. And so, what are your long term goals with karting? Where do you want to take it? My long term goals. So, I really want to win. An Australian Championship, um, even even just a round of the Australian Championships, it's something I have been close to in the past. That's that's fallen short for for several different reasons. Um, that's motorsport, and you can get really lucky and unlucky, and and whatever. So the one thing that I guess keeps me really wanting to continue and keeps me motivated is really wanting to to win that championship. Um, as far as like racing into cars and stuff, I probably don't have as big a aspirations to do that now. I'd love to still step up and have a race in a Formula Ford or even Toyota 86 XL, just something a step above karting. Um, I've, I've fallen short with funds a few times um, for Formula Ford. I've had a few test days and whatnot, but just, um, yeah, I think that's a story from a lot of people not being able to get the funds and that sort of thing. So um, it is what it is, though, and I still love it. I still enjoy it as as much as I can, even if I can't get to the top level, which I guess would be an absolute dream. But I'm also getting a bit older now and thinking about my work and um, making money and, and doing all of those adult things that – um, I guess yeah. different responsibilities. All so the real life things. Yeah, all all the uh fun stuff. Yeah, very fun. Um, and I guess in your time in carts, what has probably been some of the the biggest challenges that you've had to tackle? The biggest challenges, I guess, is definitely like I said before, the funding. Even for go karts, we we have struggled in the past. Um, so having such a love and passion for the sport, but also having to sit back at times, not being able to afford it, um, you know, that's just reality and that's how it goes sometimes, but it is hard to, um, I guess, think about that when it's something you love so much. Um, that's definitely the biggest challenge, um, yeah, that's probably the only real thing I can think about. I love the sport so much. I, I don't know. The challenge is just the racing, all all natural stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things at the moment in motorsport. It's just the cost involved. Like, even with go karting, I've heard that there's some things like excels. They can even be cheaper at times. It really all just depends on, on where you're racing and what car you have and uh, it depends on a lot of factors. But, yeah, it's it's insane the amount of money that you have to bring now, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. And and things are getting even more expensive from go-karting all the way up to 
you know, your top level V8s and F1 and that sort of thing. It's just the way the world's going at the moment, which is unfortunate. But yeah, again, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is for sure. Um, and so for you, career-wise, outside of motorsport, uh, what do you do? Um, so I just recently um, accepted a job as an underground mining trainee. Um, so prior to that, I was working in an office job, basically 8.30 to 5, um, and I was an accountant. So I did my degree. Um, my accounting degree and yeah so I worked as an accountant for four years and um, I I don't know I didn't quite I guess sitting down all day and and um, being on a computer all day wasn't entirely um, I guess hitting the spot for me mentally and um, so I wanted to do something a little bit more um, different I guess so I've gone from one extreme to another now um working shift work in the mines underground seven on seven off um day shift night shift that sort of thing so I've just been doing that now for pretty much on three months or close to three months and um oh wow new yeah so so something very new for me but um I feel like that's more who I am than than being in an office as an accountant so yeah great good on you so I guess what does uh, away from the racetrack what does a normal day look like for you from I mean I know to be very different working day shift and night shift but I guess for you kind of from the wake up to go to sleep what does a what does a normal day look like um so I'm currently living in a little country town in central west New South Wales it's Forbes um and I've bought a house here on two acres so um I guess when I'm not working so my uh seven on is a 12 hour 12 hour shift so a lot of my life in those seven days just basically is getting up going to work coming home eating going to bed but um on my days off I I've got a number of animals so um, I'm a massive animal lover, um, so I guess I wake up, feed them. I've got two dogs, two chickens, two horses, and I've just um, got two lambs as well. So they all keep me busy. I go out, wow. feed them, do all of that. might take the dogs for a walk. Um, I'll travel home, see my family and friends or, or that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much my life on my, on my seven off, um, away from go-karting and motorsport and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Wow. And so how do you go about balancing your job and karting as well? Um, so I haven't like with the last three months, I haven't raced being the end of the year and whatnot so I haven't had to worry about being able to to balance it yet um prior to this when I was working as an accountant um we could do like weekend work if we didn't have enough annual leave and that sort of thing so it was quite easy to balance 
that sort of way and they were really supportive of my racing and um, were always, you know, really happy for me to, to take that time off and um, whatnot. So I was very, very lucky um, with that aspect of it. Um, with my current job, uh, yeah, just basically um, for the first round of the Australian Championships next year, it's really good because I've got um, it falls on my seven days off. So don't have to worry about, you know, being able to take that annual leave sort of thing. So that's great. Um, apart from that, I've, I've had a chat to them already about my racing and whatnot. And yeah, providing I, I do have the annual leave, which I have to build it up again, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're more than happy for me to, to take that time. So yeah, I've been really lucky with my jobs and them being so understanding and, you know, letting me go away racing and that yeah. sort of thing. So yeah, it's it's one less um, thing to have to worry about trying to get to a race meeting. And so you mentioned obviously you've got your animals um, that keep you quite busy, um, but are there any other sports or, or hobbies that you're involved in outside of racing? Um, I've just started playing, well, not just started, the last few years I've um, been playing squash on a, on a weeknight, a couple of weeknights. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm loving that. Um, I find it actually really helps you mentally and physically to, um, with racing, you know, you, you're pretty buggered running around you still have to make the right decisions on where you hit the ball and that sort of thing. So a a lot of that and the fitness side of it comes into my racing as well. So it sort of goes hand in hand, but yeah, it's, it's really enjoyable game at the same time. So I do that. Um, yeah, I think I think that's about it, really. My, my main hobbies are definitely my animals. Yeah, and you mentioned you have the horses. Do you ride them or do they just are they just paddock ornaments? Um, yeah, I guess just paddock ornaments. I, I don't ride them. Um, one's a little Shetland pony. He's a cheeky little thing and <laughs> very smart and knows how to... Uh, press your buttons but um I love him all the same but um yeah I I'd love I've been riding a little bit at um but not my horses and not for a few years now so something I would like to get back into and do so before I even knew what a go-kart was back many years ago um my whole um I'd made my mind up I guess all I wanted to do was horses and show jumping or, you know, me. something like that. And I had all these, <laughs> yeah, I had all these fancy computer games. Well, not so much fancy nowadays, but back then and it was like show jumping and all this different horse stuff. And I was always looking in horse magazines. I really wanted a horse. Everything was just, I was horse obsessed. Um, so, yeah, and then the go-karting and the motorsport took over that and um so I I moved away from that (laughs) yeah that's exactly right so um yeah and then I still really wanted horses and I was pretty lucky back home we um I grew up on a couple of acres so we we did have the room full horses so I could still beg my parents to get me them so yeah it was it all worked out pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. Um, so 
Uh, I guess for you as a driver, um, I know you said you haven't been in the cart for a while, but performance-wise, is there anything that you're kind of wanting to improve on? Yeah, there's always little things I want to improve on. I don't think I'm, I guess, perfect at any of it. So I'm always looking to improve or get that last tenth out of the go-kart or myself. So I think a big thing for me is working on my fin fitness and also my mentality you know when you're under pressure and you're racing against the boys and um that sort of thing you really need to be switched on and um obviously being fatigued in a go-kart or any anything you you don't think as well so um for me a big thing is um fitness I'd really like to get in the go-kart a little bit more and get that race fitness up, but also, um, yeah, just away from the track, um, do a few gym programs and that sort of thing. So that's probably a big thing for me. Um, and, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's about it. Great. And we'll get into uh, racing against the boys a bit now. We'll get into the girls on the grid questions here. Um, so, yeah, obviously karting, like any form of racing, very male dominant. Um, have you ever felt a certain pressure being one of the only females out on track? Yes and no. Uh, pressure, probably not. Um, not as not as such. I feel like when I was younger, I never even thought about it. Um, you know, and this is going back when I was 10, 11 years old. Um, there was me and another girl I was pretty close friends with at the time and she'd been racing a couple of years longer um she started a couple of years prior to when I did and um down at Canberra and we we got on really well and we got along with all the other kids there so it was just this really big fun thing we didn't think about being boys or girls or anything like that but obviously as you get older um little things come into it like that I guess and different comments are made positive and negative um, you know, the negative ones are you've been beaten by a girl and, you know, it puts the boys, I guess, against you a little bit. Um, but also really positive ones as well, you know. Um, you get a lot of recognition when you do do well. So, yeah, um, I guess I guess sometimes if, if you get involved in an accident or something, whether it's your fault or not, it's like a bloody female driver um, sort of thing. So, you know, there's been those sort of negative little things or the pressures, but um, you also get so many and more positives um, and it's becoming even better and better. The respect that you get out there is, is, is awesome. Um, you know, I think, oh, how do you say it? Um, 99% of it, it's been amazing being out there with the boys on an even playing field. Um, and it's so much fun and, yeah, you make so many great friends as well. It doesn't matter whether you're a boy or a girl, you're just you're out there with the same common goal as as everybody else and that's to win and have fun so yeah I I wouldn't change it for a second it's um I guess racing against the boys and being in a male-dominated sport it's also 
um, made me who I am today. So, yeah, very resilient and confident with who I am and, um, you know, loving every day. And I think go-karting and the male domination side of it, it's it's all shaped shaped um, that side of me. And do you, we did brush over this a little bit before, but would you say from when you first started, is there more females involved in karting now? Yeah, yep, there is. And it's awesome to see so many more getting involved. Um, and I, I uh, personally love seeing it. doesn't matter, you know, whether they're a young girl just starting out in, in the, um, you know, nine-year-old, seven-year-old categories. Um, or if you're, you know, older, 30-year-old, 40-year-old, wanting to just have some fun. Um, there's so many more females getting into it. Um, yeah, when, when I first started, I think there was, like I said, there was one other girl that I raced with. And then as far as I knew, there was only one other girl in the whole club. So there was three of us out of maybe a couple of hundred. So, um, it would be great to see larger female participation at the Australian karting level, um, at the Australian kart championships. So that's one thing um, over the past few years. I'm, I'm not really sure if that's increased. So um, I'd, I'd love to see that increase even more. But as far as your club and state level type racing go, um I was actually really surprised with how many girls I saw around the around the pits. Um, a lot I hadn't seen before, and so you know I I loved seeing that. And I think over the years, as the years go on, I think it's only going to increase. And um, there's a lot more awareness with females in motorsport. It's not just a boys' sport like I guess it was perceived to be um, over the years. So um, just spreading that awareness, I think it's going to be really good for females participating in the sport. And so kind of, I, I guess, overall for the sport, you've been involved for quite a long time now. And would you say overall in all forms of motorsport, whether it's go-karting, whether it's supercars or even motorbikes, anything like that, would you say overall it's improving with its female inclusivity? I think so for sure. Um, a lot of what I see or what I think about is, I guess, the the female races um, that, that participate. But one thing, there are so many more females behind the scenes as well um, that, that are working. You know, you got Jess Dane, who's an amazing, you know, female up the top of Triple Eight. So, um there's there's so and there's so many more than her she's just one example and I admire her for you know what she does she's and amazing. yeah she, yeah she she really is and um just knowing that there's so many other females in the background you've also got Betty Clemenko um from from where I've read you know a little bit of her story and where she started to where she is now is is a pretty phenomenal thing as well. So it's not just the actual races themselves, like myself and other females. Um, it's also 
you know, working behind the scenes is, I think, increasing as well with um, female participation and, yeah, I just I love seeing that sort of thing and it's definitely more inclusive now than it ever has been and it's just looking really good for the future. For sure. I totally agree. And I guess for you, what are your plans from here with your karting? I think just keep going, doing what I'm doing. Um, I, I'd love to, like I said, win that Australian championship. Um, I'd also like to challenge myself and race a different class at some point. So I've been racing the KA3 senior category for the last four years now, I think, or a little bit longer, maybe even five years. And it's great, but, um, I'd love to challenge myself and, and race a different class, maybe even the X30 category or something like that. Um, just to give myself a new challenge and a new perspective racing against other um, people I've never raced against before. So, um, yeah, I think I'd love to just keep going with where I'm at um, and, you know, always continue to improve so I can win those races that I really want to win. Um, but I'm also a massive supporter of females coming into the sport um, and in particularly at Australian national level. I guess. Um, so if I can help them in any way, you know, I'd love to be involved in that as well. And so who have been, male or female, who have been your biggest inspirations in the sport? From a very broad perspective of the sport, Molly Taylor's definitely um, a major inspiration of mine. Um, the way she's been so successful in her rallying, um, which has been amazing, but also too just her whole general persona and how she presents herself and loves what she does and all of that. Um, you know, she's she's been someone I highly admire and look up to. Um, even though we race very different disciplines, it's still um, the same concept, I guess. So she's been a massive. Um, yeah, inspiration of mine and, and whatnot. So um, in in go-karting, um, Shane Pipe has been a huge help of mine. Um, he's, so he's um, Shane Piper Race Engines. He's built some um, very highly reputable engine builder. Um, his engines have won many Australian championships and state championships. Um, he himself, he used to race. So when I was very young, he was someone I looked up to. Um, and now, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to have him as a pit crew mechanic. Um, so that's been, he's been a major part of my success the last few years. And I honestly don't believe I would have, you know, achieved what I have without him. So, um, and he's been someone I've looked up to for a very long time. So I'm very lucky to have him around. Um, and the other go-karter who I've looked up to since I was a young kid and loved watching was also um, Matt Wall. So he was, uh, um, him, and, him and Shane were close rivals, so... It was pretty funny watching them go at it. 
on the racetrack and I didn't know who to go for but um yeah they're they're both great people and you know I really loved watching them growing up and yeah so yeah our final question is what advice do you have for aspiring go-karters aspiring go-karters get in and have a go um just if if you i i think i believe if you once you drive one you'll be hooked um maybe not everybody's the same but i know i was especially at a young age um but yeah just if you know somebody that has a go-kart um ask ask them all the questions about getting into it what you need what clubs to join licenses that sort of thing and um don't be don't be scared to have a go you never know what the future holds as well if you enjoy it and keep going at it yeah um you you never know what you can achieve so um that's that's probably it really well beck thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me today it's been really cool hearing about your journey um, and all that you've achieved. So yeah, thanks for your time and I'm wishing you all the best and looking forward to seeing how you go. Yep, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks again, Beck, for joining me on the pod, um, especially in this busy period at the moment with Christmas and New Year's and everything going on. Um, yeah, so it was awesome to have a chat and this is actually quite a big achievement for girls on the grid because we've just nearly completed our first full year. Tanaya, how does it feel? I mean, I I feel less proud of us given the fact that we had like eight weeks off, but yeah, anyone in motorsport knows that it was just an absolutely nuts time. Like no one had availability. Like not only were we busy, it was also trying to get, you know, drivers or crew or or any any female that we could have spoken to trying to get their schedule to line up with our limited schedule and then it just it was just a nightmare so we thought we'll just take a step back but now that we're back on the pod train you know we started in February last year we're nearly 40 episodes in which is mind-blowing to me that that we've done this done so many episodes and spoken to so many women um I'm just really excited for whatever 2023 holds for Girls on the Grid. If we told ourselves at the start of the year, like us, we're so nervous to do this. We're like terrified. We don't know how this is going to go. If we told ourselves that we did 40 episodes, nearly 40 episodes, I'm going to say 40 episodes, then like that's, we'd be pretty proud, wouldn't we? That's a solid effort. Dude, I did not think it was going to happen at all. Like yeah, when we were planning it this time, oh, you know, the end of 2021 I was like this is a loaded like we're never going to commit to this but hey look at us now we did it so p-dog what are your plans for the Christmas New Year's period um what am I doing I'm actually not in the Christmas spirit at all I'm it finishing does all not my Christmas feel like today. Christmas it is it's not come up Christmas. so quick I refuse to believe it's Christmas time yeah it's the day before Christmas Eve and I'm doing all my Christmas shopping and yeah, I think I'm going to go away for New Year's, which will be nice um, just for a few days, see some friends. And then I think I'm actually just going to stay down in Victoria. I thought about going interstate, but I just I just don't want to deal with that right now. It's been a full year of going around everywhere and it's been great fun, but 
I just, I need to catch up with people down here as well. I haven't seen anyone. So this is my first Christmas since I left home six years ago that I haven't actually gone home for Christmas, which is a bit of a strange feeling to sort of, you know, be by yourself, I guess. Christmas to me isn't really Christmas unless you're surrounded by family because that's what makes it so special. So for me, like everyone's like, you're having time off over the holidays. I'm like, I'm just kind of, you know, going to kind of push through. And um, I've got a really big trip to America planned in January and Feb of next year. So I'm just saving all my pennies, lying low for the for the festive season. And by lying low, I mean online shopping like an absolute beast um, during this period. And like I've already got, I think, 11 flights booked. 11 flights booked before the end of Feb. So it's going to be an absolutely nuts start to the year. The less planes I can get on at the at the back half of this year, um, the better because I was already at flight 45 for, for 2022. So if I don't have to get on a plane until what the 9th of January, uh, that is a nice little pause from flying because flying – it's exhausting. I get so sick going on planes. Me too. That's why my immunity has just been fried. Your immunity is fried. Actually, you know what though? I recently did a big trip to Sydney. I was out and about. I was everywhere. And then even before then was Adelaide. Somehow I've not gotten sick. It was like literally every round this year I would get sick after. And somehow I'm good as gold. Every round. I think it's because I've been sleeping a lot. We know this because it's actually nearly 12 o'clock. And I am still in my pajamas. And so. she just got out of bed. Yeah, which is a bit embarrassing. She told me that she had a busy morning. She had errands to, she had I errands did. to run this morning and that's why she couldn't I, do pod earlier. I did and I woke up and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing them. I'm staying in bed. <laughs> it's my break. <laughs> she was just in bed. But now it just delays my day. I was so. up at seven, bro. Come on. All right. Great to talk to you all on the podcast this week. It's cool to be back and... I'm not going to promise that we're going to do anything, but we're just going to try our hardest to bring you guys as many episodes as we can, as consistently as we can, and talk to as many absolutely epic chicks and women doing what they love in uh, a sport and an industry that we all love in 2023. So we thank you guys for riding this wave with us throughout 2022. 2022 is where Girls in the Grid started and uh, we're just getting started still. So... Stay with us on this journey and we promise we'll make it a fun one. Thanks, P-Dog, for all your help this year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Love ya. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in 2023. You've just listened to another Network R production.